0: Hey everybody, this is Nathan here with Jake, and you're about to listen to what we call Sound of Sanity 1.0. Now, Jake, what do we mean when we say Sanity 1.0?
1: Well, Sound of Sanity was a show we'd been wanting to do for a really long time, and we'd never really seen our way clear to getting it off the ground.
0: Right, so one day we decided the best way to get it off the ground was just to sit down, hit record, three friends talking into microphones.
1: Since that time, the show has changed and grown a whole lot. The modern version of Sound of Sanity really began to develop around episode 34 on Jordan B. Peterson.
0: Yeah. Uh, There's some stuff we're really proud of in this early iteration of this show and some stuff we're possibly, probably, maybe not so proud of, but there's some good stuff and we wanted to leave these up. Plus,
1: we thought it'd be fun for people who know the current show to go back and see how far the show's come. Yeah, fun and
0: maybe sometimes a little humbling. No doubt. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the current version of the show. That's right. And meanwhile, please enjoy this episode from the archives. You are now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. sanity and may the force be with all of you because today we're talking about star wars is it a little bit of a cold take why yes it is but we're actually kind of doing a hot take on all the takes that everyone's done that's already been cold you'll see you'll see it's gonna be good i'm excited about it and why wouldn't i be because i'm joined by two men that I respect and love. And uh, they would be number one, myself. Number two, Jacob (laughs) Menzel, the pastor who's a master of everything and the CEO of Warhorn Media. Help me, Jacob Menzel. You're my only hope. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: I don't, i'm afraid i can't
1: help you nathan
0: so jake's over but i'm there. here i'm here you are here how are you doing today i'm sir? doing well i'm how glad are to hear you? it you know who else we've got here today jake we've got a stuck-up Ooh. half-witted scruffy looking nerf herder <laughs> uh, <laughs> true <laughs> He's Benjamin Solo. Or, wow. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was actually a Freudian <laughs> slip. That, that was slip. Right. You just slip. couldn't help it. I My couldn't help it. My manliness is
2: spilling across the galaxy. Right. Yep. It reached you. It, you just saw what you saw. <laughs> <laughs> you called it. Before we move on, I should
0: say, me and Ben had a little discussion last week about how what movie we were going to watch. Right, Ben? Yeah, we did. And right. Because we, as you know, at the end of every month, the last Tuesday of every month, this month it'll be, let's see, January the 30th. We'll be watching a movie. We we named all these elements that we wanted in a movie. I said Penguin Waiters.
2: Women's Lib
0: and you said ch- women's Chimney lib. Soot. Ben, would it surprise you to know? Yes. This movie
2: exists. No. It's been around for over 50 or 60 years. I thought we were being avant-garde with all of our the elements we wanted. but It, it did sound like an insane
0: Dolly-esque nightmare. <laughs> Throw in some <laughs> melting clocks and stuff yeah. like that. Actually it's a it's a family film by the Walter Disney Corporation.
2: What? I'm trying to remember penguin waiters in the Apple Dumpling Gang, but I, I just not
0: There might be chimney sweat in uh Blackbeard's Ghost. I cannot tell a lie Ben. I'm not talking about Blackbeard's Ghost. As much as when I say Disney movie, you think that darn cat, of course. Yes, That's what I I'm... do. <laughs> or Blackbeard's Ghost, of yes. course. What everyone thinks when you say Disney movie. Yeah. I'm actually talking about Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Poppins. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah now maybe you guys are gonna tell me that it's a bunch of feminist claptrap and if there's one thing that i'm against it's the old fc feminist claptrap but i think it'll be a nice even if we decide it's, it is a bunch of feminist claptrap it'll be a nice movie to watch a nice colorful lively fun upbeat movie to watch in the cold dreary month of january that we're in yeah it'll be a jolly holiday with yeah
2: it will be it'll be a Spoonful of sugar to help the winter medicine kind of go down. There. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, guys, let's get to it. The subject
0: today, I've introduced everybody, right? I'm Nathan, your humble and obedient host, Jake's pastor, CEO. Ben's our personal assistant engineer. He's over there at the dobs, knobs and dials. He's like Lobot, the guy that uh, I think was in Jabba's palace. That just... No, no, he's, no, he's, 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 he's not.
2: He was in uh, Sky Cloud City. City. Cloud, Cloud City. City. Oh,
0: yeah. ouch, Cloud City. Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm like Lando. <laughs> And <laughs> yes Jake's like who do you want to be you want to be Luke or Han or I give you a pick of if, heroes
1: if Cloud City. I guess I have to be Han. I'm oh, gonna get. I'm man. gonna. This episode's gonna end with me frozen in carbonite.
0: Or if you want, you could be Darth Vader. And I'm like, yeah. This, this deal keeps getting worse and worse all the time. But I'm trying to appease Jake. And then Ben's over there. He's Lobot. He's Lobot. <laughs> if you don't know, is uh, listener, dear listener. <laughs> and shame on you if you don't know who Lobot is. But he's the guy with like the little phone thing attached to he, his head. He's always yeah, talking. He's into got it. like it looks like an air traffic computer,
1: controller and he's computer enhanced
0: or something like that. Right. Cool. He's a lowbot Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, we're talking about Star Wars today.
1: We're talking about Star Wars because we really want to talk about pop icons and taking them on and the drama that comes with taking on pop icons because- Turns out we've had a little drama in our, our lives. Found it surprisingly mm-hmm. difficult and painful, actually, <laughs> <laughs> to a to a certain- extent.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, 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 is not, some of us more than others. This is not Martin Scorsese's silence. We're not being persecuted or any, you know, I mean, no one's has us up to our neck in water for uh, talking about Star Wars, but well, there's things that have happened in our past and we're going to tell those stories today and some of you listening, if you, if you know Warhorn, if you know me and Jake, you may already know some of these stories, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our history with a uh, certain franchise, which I've already made mention, the great Star Wars franchise, but uh, due to our history with the subject, A number of people asked me to write an article about this newest Star Wars movie. And obviously, this Star Wars movie, I don't think we even have to talk about. If you want to hear us just give a straight take on the Star Wars movie, we did in an episode of the Wonderful Bookening podcast. You can go and listen to that.
1: Although it was kind of an incidental. (laughs) incidental. (laughs) We didn't come prepared, having thought through any... (laughs) Thing no, that's we didn't know we were going to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> we just sort of accidentally did on mic. And right, we accidentally like over an hour for <laughs> over an hour. Yeah, we accidentally did a Star Wars. Well, at Wars a certain
0: episode. point, we decided to stick with it. Yeah, hmm. yeah, obviously. Well, when you're accidentally being brilliant, it's like you know just keep going yeah all my best mistakes are accidents is that what i yeah okay <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's good I, that's very catchy
0: including that one there you go yeah so a lot of people said people want you to write a star wars article people, people were to looking write... to you and
1: saying hey nathan where's the take where's the hot take where's the aren't you gonna help me think about star wars aren't you gonna write the thing that's gonna really help me understand what's going on here
0: and some of my friends because the, my original star wars article which we'll talk about in a, which came out around the time of i think rogue one or maybe a little bit before uh it was mostly about the character of Rey. But that Star Wars that, that article was all about feminism. So with this new Star Wars movie being far and away, way, 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 way more blatantly feminist than even the other Star Wars movies have been, people a lot of people were just being nice to me, I think. And they were like, hey, Nathan, you've kind of been vindicated on this point. Why don't you just write a I told you so yeah. kind of an article? And I didn't want to do it. I mean, and why not? I didn't want to do it because it seemed to me that Star Wars is really obviously. You know, we can argue whether this is true or not, but it seemed to me that Star Wars is really obviously bad in the ways that it's bad. That it's pretty obviously feminist. That it's pretty obviously and blatantly. You have all these articles like by Vanity Fair saying, "Finally, Star Wars, you know, breaking the barrier and taking a truly down, feminist Star Wars, a truly feminist, taking down mansplaining forever with the great character of Haldo and all this kind of stuff." So. You know, the whole world is already copying to this. Most Christians are aware of it. The only thing I can do is stir the fire, make some people mad, make some pagans, make Become some feminists Become a good mad.
1: whipping boy for people <laughs> who are looking for whipping boys.
0: Right. And then what Christian am I actually going to help? Who is it out there that has thought through Star Wars just enough that they want to think through it some more and they really need somebody to talk them through each of the points of how it's feminist? I mean, I don't know. It just, it just seemed like I didn't want to do it. It was... A little bit scary to think of the furor that my last article occasioned.
1: Which was real and intense, at least intense for us. I don't know, maybe people listen who work for websites or whatever, they get more heat than we get for things. But to suddenly have over 100,000 people visiting your website in a day and... Most of them just hating you, hating your guts, and talking about you on Twitter and on Reddit and on Facebook about how they want to kill you and how they want Daisy Ridley to beat you up and how uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that was a little that was a little new for for Nathan at least not that, for me I, I get that kind <laughs> of you know
0: right, people I, want I, Daisy Ridley to beat you up all the time that's right yeah
1: <laughs> but they want they they want her to bench press me to the moon yep but they wanted. I heard a bench press you to, I think it was the sun, which is considerably (laughs) more significant a feat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is quite a few more feet from the moon to the sun. I I must say, if there's one thing that most of my scientific knowledge has been formed by Star Wars movies. So I guess we should just tell the story, right? Yeah. Without further ado. So if you you look at the numbers on warhornmedia.com, here's some interesting trivia for you. Far and away, the
1: most viewed article all time is an article that Nathan wrote about Star Wars, an open letter to Ray from Star Wars. Uh, we have exactly three articles on our site that are Star Wars related. Mm-hmm. They're all in the top 20. One of them is just a couple of quotes from somebody else's article about <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> and the other two are were written by Nathan and they're both in the top five most viewed articles of all time at Mm warrenmedia.com. And they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, The top one will never be dethroned
0: unless we... Open up another can of worms like...
1: Open up another can of worms unless we become Desiring God, the Gospel Coalition level awesome, and then open up a can of worms. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so this article was originally released, let's see here, on March 7th, 2016, almost two years ago now. Yep. It was entitled, Open Letter to Rey from Star Wars. And it was it, it had this sort of uh, conceit where it was written as a letter to all these fictional feminist heroes. And it was just saying, uh, you women should really uh, be more like your... I don't
2: know, what kind of uh, wise things did I say in this article, Jake? <laughs> Well, I, you emphasize that God made women the weaker sex and that men are supposed to protect them. And that that's an honorable thing for a woman to acknowledge and live in. And Not then you talked about
1: how the woman warrior trope affects men mm-hmm. in particular, how it hurts women, how it hurts feminine women, how it hurts men.
0: Okay, so here's maybe the pull quote. This is the last paragraph of the article. The article is actually pretty long and involved, and it goes into a lot of reasons why the warrior woman trope is basically bad, is basically unbiblical, is unbiological, is on all kinds of things. Yeah, how it trains men to be lazy and to want
1: strong women, how it trains women to feel like they have to be something they can never be. Right, and so
0: it's just... Destructive. It's just destructive. It's bad. I also talked, I think, about how it was destructive and bad to our stories. When you everyone's a warrior then and there's no one to protect That's, you know.
1: It needs to be somebody to save who's worth saving, somebody to sacrifice for who's worth sacrificing for.
0: Right. So the final paragraph, not because we men think all y'all women are helpless, spineless prizes to be won, but because good drama comes from human nature. The bad guy goes after the girl because that's what bad guys do. They exploit vulnerability and good guys defend and honor what is weak. The moral of every Tarzan story was not that Jane was a discredit to her sex because she needed tar- Tarzan to save her for the 400th time. The moral of this is that Tarzan was lucky to have the privilege. Jane was a girl worth saving. Every man should be so lucky. So that was kind of the idea was was just to paint a picture of why sex roles as God made them are actually beautiful and wonderful things and why films and movies and entertainment that subvert that are wicked. It, and it was done in kind of a cheeky letter to all these fictional women style this was in the early days of the warhorn website so we weren't really getting a lot of traction on a lot of things we got maybe some traction in our circles with that article people liked it i guess but we didn't get a lot it did get shared
1: around a little bit with some friends on twitter and stuff like that but yeah people sort of yawned and rolled their eyes and was like oh Nathan talking about Star Wars. What Nathan's
0: going to do? Then what happened, Jake? It got into the right hands and went viral. And we just, to this day don't know exactly what hands those were, or how this happened, I don't think, do we?
1: No, we don't. We did figure out that it was probably that it probably began on Facebook, mm-hmm. but it quickly went to Reddit and then Reddit sent it through the roof and it was all over Twitter at some point. Who's the Star Trek guy that was some like a Star Trek writer or something like that.
0: Oh, shared it or yeah. Shared some it or tweeted about s- it. Kind of semi, not really celebrity, but just some influencer of some type shared it. Mm-hmm. It became a big deal and you can still, if you Google my name, Nathan Alberson, you will find open letters to Nathan Alberson, You will find a lot of websites responding to me. You will find Reddit threads. I assume some of this has probably kind of been swallowed by time, but you can uh, definitely find lots and lots of very, very angry people. Uh, we were getting hundreds of tweets to Warhorn and to my Twitter. Actually got some of them here just to give you a taste of the kinds of things we were getting. Nathan Alberson, the apparent author of The Girls God make Made You Weaker, How Dare You Try to Be More Than That post is a terrible person. And then someone responded to her, someone sent it to me and it was actually so harmful to read it, I felt dehumanized. Then somebody responded to her, I would expect you to feel nothing less after reading it. Such thinking is destructive. People like Nathan are dangerous. If you want to see a hater, look in the mirror, Nathan. At Not Famous Nathan, you must be a time traveler from the 18th century. I just want to punch this guy in the something. Or is that too emotional? And then this guy says, I think a man has to punch him for you. (laughs) Very good. Uh, This person said, I want this blank to step into the octagon with any female fighter in the UFC and then try to write this garbage. How much of a waste of space are you that you spend all the time talking about fictional women? They're movies, blank. I love that he's totally fine with aliens filled with acidic blood who impregnate you with their spawn, which will inevitably burst through your chest cavity. But Ripley is too frail frail to be believed. What the blank (laughs) ever. Here it is. This is the one I was looking for. At Warhorn Media, I hope, I hope Daisy Ridley bench presses this fool straight (laughs) into the sun. (laughs) Uh. One of my favorites was somebody was, did you know
1: that Daisy Ridley can deadlift... 100 pounds or 125 pounds? And some guy responded, is that good for a girl? (laughs) 125 pound deadlift. Oh my guys.
0: (laughs) So we were getting hundreds of malicious website attempts to access our website yeah we had to go joseph bailey went and our website actually crashed uh, for a few hours i think didn't it?
1: yeah joseph thankfully we joseph's a tech guru and was master of web security which was actually a job that he had for a long time for a website so he he got it back up and put some safety i don't know you web geeks are Gonna know safety protocols of some kind to protect it from malicious attacks, and uh, we scrubbed Nathan's address and personal phone number from our church website, which Mm -hmm. it was there because he's one of our small group leaders. And
0: And then it got really nasty, and it's the kind of thing I want. I'll say two things. Number one, there are people out in the world, lots of them, that really truly do suffer for this faith, their faith, and I know that none of this compares to that. You know, there are people in the 21st century that die for their faith. And that's that's not what we're talking about. This was pretty small potatoes. It's not, you know, some people on the internet didn't like me that much. Big deal. Number two, You would be surprised how much those things get under your skin. You want to have a sense of humor, but people were saying things. I want to be careful about even saying death threats, but they were saying they hoped that I would die. They were posting pictures of jail, and all the biblical women warriors, quote-unquote, kept coming up. So jail and Judas. Somebody
1: needs to drive a tent peg through your...
0: Someone needs to put a tent peg through her head. They'd post pictures of tent pegs being put through heads or people of uh, that one general guy. Guy being decapitated in the apocrypha and they'd, they'd find paintings and they'd say this should happen to you yeah uh, they found pictures of me here's one from here's something from reddit that i remember i couldn't get through the article so i had to go back and look at what this guy looked like he's just as creepy and awful as one would expect and then someone responded take a look at the author's page guess who didn't have a spouse or children mentioned in his bio and then someone responded to this guy. He's like the Joe Dirt of neckbeards. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. It made me feel bad about myself. Uh-huh. It actually made me start shaving, and I lost a little bit of weight, so <laughs> thank you, Internet. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> and then they really made hay. So there's one thing, and Jake, I'm going to have to throw a little <laughs> blame on you yeah. as, as uh <clears throat> Our editor-in-chief, maybe he could have looked at the article and anticipated this one and protected me from it. There's a part in the article where I say, as men, we have bodies crafted for war. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, everybody on the internet, being, being the wonderful human beings that they are, they found all the pictures of me with you know my nine neck beards and my uh, my my nine chins and everything and they, they found these pictures and they shared them around with that quote you know just here he is a man with a body crafted for war get, get, get out there get out there and fight some war tubby <laughs> <laughs> so that was actually pretty funny I was like, yeah, okay, you got me I'm sorry for that.
1: Well, look, I, I don't want to defend myself for letting that slip through But I, I remember reading it and thinking Somebody may smugly smile at that in our circles hmm but I didn't expect it to get outside of our circles the way that it did. Right. And I didn't expect it. To, and it's generally true. And that's the whole article is generalizations. It's in everybody wants to come back and attack this, the specifics. Right. Oh, well, let, let's see your body crafted for war. <laughs> oh, well, let's put him in a cage fight with any right. MMA woman
0: fighter. Well, that's not the point. No, I mean, the right. fact is, I'm not in that great of shape, but most women that I know in my real life, I probably could take <laughs> if I had to, if they suddenly became zombies or Pretty something. Pretty sure you could. And also the fact is, yes, we all know there are UFC fighters out there, women that could defeat all three of us. You know, one woman could walk in here right now and take us all down. Yes, I, I acknowledge that that woman exists. Great. What point have you proved? I'm not married to her. I'm not, she's not my girlfriend. She's not my wife. She's not my mom. You found the exception that proves the rule. Let's put her in a cage fight with
1: somebody, with a man in her class who represents <laughs> her level of elite
0: fighting skills. <laughs> right. As it relates to men, let's
1: see how long that lasts.
0: Let's see what happens. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) be that as it may, it went on for a while. There was like two or three days of really just intense website hits. It was longer than that. that. But then it- It was a whole month.
1: It lasted for most of April and into May. And it seemed like it felt like it was never going
0: to end. (laughs) (laughs) And we were just this, uh, I think, I mean, we have a little bit more traction now, but we were- We'd only launched, yeah, we, we launched the website at the
1: beginning of March- And we had a relatively tame, almost 10,000 visitors that month for our first month. Then in April, we had 150,000 visitors. So it just went from zero to... 100 right. very, very quickly. And so, yeah, it was intense and put us on our heels a little bit.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it really did. I have not written a lot of articles for our website since then. And I think, sorry to admit to just being lame, but that was part of it. That was part of it, for sure. I guess I should tell the other part of the story. So, I work full time for Warhorn Media now, but I didn't at the time. I worked a, 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 another job. Less than a week after the article exploded, after it went nuclear, I went into my work and I sort of knew because. 'cause it was hitting Reddit threads and I knew that there were people that I, I thought it might get back to them, but I didn't know and I sort of sort of had my fingers crossed and I hadn't really been a very good witness at my job. So there were a lot of people that didn't know I was a Christian that for whom this would really be coming out of left field. And it hit. And suddenly everybody knew about it, but nobody wanted to talk to me about it except for a couple people who were very, very, very angry about it. So I remember the way I found out that people knew is I went into work one day and I I saw a girl at work uh, in passing. She was on her way out the door. I was on my uh, way out the door. I said, oh, how are you? We'll call her Janet. How are you, Janet? And she said, well, I'm not in the kitchen where I belong. I was like, oh, okay. Okay read any articles lately. <laughs> what I actually said was, I would love to talk to you about this. It's not what you think. I think we can talk about this. And she said, you wouldn't want to hear what I have to say about it. And I said, well, I, I would actually. And But sh- she was done and she never really talked to me again. And she left the company soon thereafter. And I think part of the reason she may have left the company was because of the the atmosphere of negativity that was surrounding their keeping people like me on. And what I found out later, years later, because I sort of knew that everybody was talking about it behind my back, but I didn't realize how... It feels like years later. It's about a year. Yeah, later. a year later. Um, it does feel like years later. What I found out, because I, like I said, I knew everybody was talking about it behind my back. I felt relationships shift and change. It was Part of it was big relief because I'd been and so faithless in witnessing to people now the cat was out of the bag and I just had to, It's like God just stepped in and did something that I'd been too much of a coward to do. And I don't recommend anybody, I don't recommend that you go that route for sharing <laughs> your faith, but it's nice that God disciplines us. That's all I'm trying to say about that. But I sort of knew that people were talking about it. I felt some relationships die. I felt some relationships change, but that's as far as I thought it went. I found out later it had, it had gone all the way to the top. There were a number of women that wanted me to be fired and were trying to figure out what they could do to make it happen they they were not they were just not senior level people but it made enough of a stink that it made it all the way to the boss of the company she didn't know what to do because i hadn't really broken any rules i was a good employee all that sort of thing the human resources manager actually ended up driving all the way an hour to another city to talk to somebody at a different branch who used to work with me who was my old manager to say what are we going to do about this Nathan problem this guy was a wonderful friend to me. He was a good manager, just a good a good pagan man. I really love this man, especially for this. Because he just, you know, I think he ended up on a conference call with all the bosses, and he just said, you know, if Nathan had been doing anything at work that was against our rules, then it would be one thing, but it's a free country. He can say what he wants to on the internet, and as long as he does a good job for us, I don't really see what the problem is. The big boss agreed. I think that was just God's mercy because the big boss didn't always agree with stuff like that. That was one of those things that just took my breath away when I found out about it, you know, that it had actually gone that far that I don't want to say like my job was exactly on the line. I don't want to make any of this sound more dramatic than it was, but it was just, uh, we did not expect this article to have those kinds of, those kinds of ramifications. That's
1: the story. That's the story. So then here we are a year and a half later or what is it more like 18 months later
0: almost um well yeah we're yeah
1: it'll be two years years in march from the Um, the publication of the article and we've got our second major installment of the star wars franchise and this time a thousand times more explicitly feminist more obviously feminist in a a lot of ways nathan people what's different is that people are now complaining about the last jedi And audiences hate The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. And it's got, you know, 50% audience reaction on Rotten Tomatoes. And the real baseline, maybe nobody will quite say it reason, is that feminism ruined the story. Right. And so people like me are coming to Nathan and saying, you might think about an I told you so article. Right. (laughs) You You might think about a, see... Feminism actually does ruin movies, and here is the data. Like At the end of the day, this movie, all of its failures can be chalked out to its failures of ideology. Let's go through and let's talk about what they did. Let's open it up, and then let's say, see, it's all the feminist garbage I told you it was going to be, and it's ruining
0: the story, and if they keep going down this path, it's going to get worse and worse. And then... I didn't do it haven't done it. I think that's largely born out of my experience with this article and not so much I think because I'm it's not it's not just that I'm like trigger shy, but the nature of what happened with that article was I ended up discovering that it doesn't matter. I've spent my whole life trying to be pop culture savvy and I've always thought it's a good way to reach the culture, to reach people. And it turns out nobody cared. I mean, that article was full of thousands of references to movies and TV shows and different things. And it turns out that hard-hearted, sinful people weren't impressed by that. And they didn't feel like I'd met them halfway. They felt like I was spitting in their face and they wanted my blood.
1: Yeah, they weren't impressed by the sophistication or the humor. No. And it was there. It is there. In fact, you know, dumb people thought it was bad writing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually pretty sophisticated and funny and sophisticated in the references.
0: Guess what It didn't matter it didn't do any it didn't do any work. It, it turns out every, every time I read like Romans or one of the sections Romans one or one of the places where Paul just lists all the sins of the current culture and he'll always say something like hard-hearted. I always think about what happens with that article because it wasn't people weren't giving me a fair. Shot. They weren't engaging with my ideas and not even to shoot them down. They just knew they didn't like it and they wanted blood. Yeah. And it was. They wanted Whipping Boy. And then the other thing that did hurt at the time, I guess I might as well just say it, is that not a lot of Christians supported it. And there were some people that I knew were aware of that could have. I had friends, you know, good friends that posted it and people post it to this day.
1: Well, and then what was, what I thought was worse is that that article really did influence. People to write about it, mm-hmm. about Star Wars and about feminism and about w- women warriors. But what it became was oh, look, here's somebody that we can stand just to the left of and use as our fall guy. And so you see, uh, so you're somebody like wrote this big long article right. about women warriors that cast Nathan as, you know, I don't know, some frothing at the mouth angry fanboy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which is dishonest and unfair, they but even but he needed that, somebody to to you know some way to to distance himself from, uh, and so even even seemingly or supposedly smart and sophisticated and discerning Christians were were throwing Nathan under the bus, throwing us under the bus,
0: and just being unfair. You know, I had so many people ask me after that. Are you gonna see the next Star Wars movie? And the answer was just like, yeah, I like Star Wars. (laughs) You know, I mean to me it was always just like a come now, let us reason together and think about some things that are important to think about and grow and maybe we can make some better movie, you know. Yeah. (laughs) And then everyone was like, Die (laughs) 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 Um, So looking at all of that. Great is Ray of
1: the Star Wars verse. Great as Diana of the Ephesians. Yes,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: So Nathan wrote about this. He wrote about the Rogue One trailer. <laughs> Those are two of the top five articles we've ever had. Open Letter to Ray is not leaving the top spot at Warhorn unless we get as big as the Gospel Coalition or something like that and then do something like that all over again. <laughs> right. Then maybe it'll be eclipsed. But the reality is rarely does a day go by where that article in particular is not in the top ten articles being viewed at warhornmedia.com at any given time. Right. It's just...
0: It's a perennial favorite. (laughs) Yes. Now,
1: what is interesting about it, though, is you would think 150,000 views. It's being viewed almost daily. Mm -hmm. There's a rating system... You can give an article a five, four, three, two, one star rating, mm-hmm. any article, and you would think 150,000 views, and all of the feedback you hear is negative, and you get one or two people, you say, messaging you privately and thanking you. Mm-hmm. How many stars would you expect it to have? Half a star? One star? Zero stars, if that's Zero stars? Half a
0: star, yeah. It's three stars.
1: So there are people out there yeah. balancing this out and keeping <laughs> it from going below three stars. The dark rises and light to meet it. <laughs> but not the kind that say anything.
3: <laughs>
0: Good, so was I, <laughs> Good job. Am I, am I the spark that will start the revolution? <laughs> the rebellion. The rebellion. <laughs> uh, apparently not. <laughs> Burn the feminist order Burn down. Burn the feminist order
1: down. But another fun fact, I don't know if you were looking, but some of the best places to look for feedback about this particular article is Warhorn Media's reviews
0: on Facebook. Yes, there's some wonderful ones. There's some
1: amazing <laughs> ones there. I think our, our rating got down... I don't it was in know. the low twos, I think, it, which
0: is out of five.
1: It might have been even below two for a while. Some very kind souls have gone on and brought us back up to three point three out of five stars. Hey, you can do that, by the way. If you want, <laughs> you want to help bring us back up, push us towards four, right. get us up above, you know, three and a half. You can go and give a positive review of Warhorn Media at Facebook. We have Fifty-three five stars, thirty-eight one stars,
0: and two four stars. So. <laughs> Pull us up, guys. <laughs> yeah, and if you just want to read some fun, you misogynist dinosaurs. I hope you go extinct, just like the real dinosaurs. Kind of comments. It's uh, you go to our Facebook page. You can find them. It's it. Uh,
1: let me place. just go ahead and say, you might be tempted if you do that to interact with these people. Please don't. <laughs> no, we don't want any of this stirred up again. We don't want these no. one star ratings pop into the top of our reviews when people show up on our page. But but yeah go ahead and scroll through to take a look.
0: I uh, yeah, when the the day that the article went ballistic and people were just hating on me on Twitter and everything, I couldn't resist, I think at the end of that day after thousands of website hits and people calling for blood on Twitter, I just posted a tweet that said like, "So what did everybody think about my open letter to Ray?" And Jake was kind of like, "Dude, don't don't <laughs> okay i have to admit that's kind of funny but don't don't stir it up but, <laughs> um, and we try to the difference
1: between me and
0: nathan
1: <laughs> i'm always like uh let's just let that
0: die now <laughs>
1: nathan's <laughs> like i'm gonna poke it with the stick
0: <laughs> couldn't understand why i probably couldn't resist it at that point but uh, since then it's been nice to let it die And and we still have people ben you were talking to somebody yesterday
2: yeah I have a friend who recently posted, reposted your article on Facebook. Probably didn't know any of the history of it, just
0: saw the article, read it, liked it, posted
2: it. Didn't know the history, but he thought, okay, this will be a good launching point for discussion with my non-Christian family and my liberal non-Christian friends. And it was a good launching point for, well, it wasn't exactly discussion. It was more like savage attacks, being unfriended by some family members, my friend felt overwhelmed. He was not prepared for that. He, to, he, he told me, I, I caved. I just told him, I'm sorry, I offended you. He and I talked about what he should have done and what he should have been prepared for, and I, I told him, dude, anytime that you go for A culture's particular idols. You're asking for it, and this piece is particularly provocateurish. It's just gonna needle people right where they're lying to themselves and right where they're angry. It was a good experience for him to post it. Well, by you the way, it's, it's easy for
0: people to say from the outside looking in, like, why did he apologize? As somebody who yeah, bore the brunt yeah. of that article, I get it completely. I
1: We had a discussion about removing it from the website, mm-hmm. um, especially when it cost us something else as a company. We were looking into donor management, fundraising. Program called Commit Change. It's really cool. It's for nonprofits. They don't take a big cut. You can run like Kickstarter cam- style campaigns. You can run Patreon style campaigns. Mm-hmm. You can run them in combination with each other. It's for nonprofits. So they don't take a cut, like a huge cut, like what Kickstarter or Patreon, they both take cuts. Uh, the people that give and that support go into one big CRM, and then it integrates perfectly with both QuickBooks and Mailchimp, which is huge if you know anything about that sort of thing. And it's just a—it's a really, really great program company for nonprofits. And I've—I've I've recommended it to people since, but they—they they did a little research on us when we were in the process of switching over to them. And uh, they wrote us and said, nope, not going to do it. We don't agree, you know, philosophically or ideologically or something like that. So I wrote or the CEO of the company and, and said, well, that's too bad. What specifically? And then he laid down some quotes from this article. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 and so we had a serious conversation of should we delete this thing? Because, you know, it's done its job and we just had a door slam shut in our face because of it. Uh, maybe saying it was a serious conversation was is too much because I don't think I
0: ever really intended to delete it. I will say if there was a serious conversation of that nature, I was not privy to it. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, I think you and I did talk about it. Well, the only seriousness was some, maybe some outside influence. Mm -hmm. saying, you know, just strategically, you should consider deleting
0: this. Then we did say, should we delete it? And no.
1: Yeah, yeah. But the other thing that, speaking of what what Ben was talking about, we, we were resented by our own friends for putting that article up for the Blowback they faced when they shared it. It got a lot of pressure to never write about pop culture again, mm-hmm. because it's a hill not worth dying on. It's a it's a legit question. If it's going to get that kind of reaction, is it worth
2: it? Right. Is it just divisive? Could you just share the gospel first without attacking Ray and other female warriors?
1: Yeah. Why did you have to go for that? It's not for gra- such it's a hot gracious. Well,
0: at this point, if they're smart, our listeners are probably saying, well, uh, you got to call people to repent. I think some of our listeners at least are saying, you got to call people to repent where the sin is. You know, you got to find the real pressure points. And that's easy to say, but here's the real tension that I feel, folks. I tried to do that and I ended up stirring up a mob and I didn't create any kind of a dialogue with these people. You know, I didn't, I wasn't Paul. I didn't, certainly did not feel like I was Paul, you know, in Athens saying, here's your Here's your god of Star Wars, and here's how it's actually the. But It didn't feel like that. What it just felt like was well, I, well, it felt like Paul at
1: Ephesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And I looked up. Wait a minute! He's attacking the god of the city. Right.
2: Get <laughs> him! Wait a minute. <laughs> <He> <laughs> never Grab did your the, pitchforks. <laughs> he never did that again. I'm sure. <laughs> well, it hit people.
1: You know what happened is it in, in Ephesus? It hit people where they lived. It hit their you know, pocketbooks. The, it hit their pocketbooks, it hit who made the household gods. Right. Like it, You know, it hit people in their pocketbooks and it was like, wait a minute, if he brings down the gods of the city, he's gonna bring down the economy. And it wasn't hard for the, for them to make the turn. Wait, no, this is actually an attack upon you personally, this is attack upon your family, this is attack upon our city. No, great is Diana of the Ephesians mm-hmm. and let's all get our pitch port, pitchforks. And uh, right. <laughs>
0: that's more like what happened here. Mm-hmm. But if, and so it kind of ends up feeling like Romans 1 that Paul ends with the description of the wicked people. He says, They're full of all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. So when you think about the pagan culture actually being that, it's like mm. maybe we just go and we say, You need to repent. Because Either way, we're going to make them angry because either way they're going to be petty. Either way, they're not—they're going to trust us. What's the point of engaging with something like Star Wars on any level of critical sophistication? Or people—people people didn't care when I did it. Um,
1: but can I respond to that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying. But know. here's here's the reality:
1: 150,000 people one way or another, had their consciences pricked. And they may not have paid any attention to what you actually said, but man, that sure is something. Mm-hmm. It's like, I it, it brings to mind, if you've ever done like a March for Life or something like that, if you've ever gone and stood at a courthouse on Sanctity of Life Sunday, where there's the anniversary of Roe... Roe v. Wade, Mm -hmm. or if you've ever gone down to your local Planned Parenthood and tried to sidewalk counsel or preach or just stand there and pray for people, there will always be the the car that passes by with the middle fingers out and the horn honking and people yelling at you, or the people that show up and come and just start yelling at you. Mm -hmm. And the one thing you know about those people, as hard-hearted and irrational as they are, there's a reason that they feel compelled to show up and yell at you and throw their middle finger in your face or spit on you. The one thing you know about them is that the reason they do that is because their consciences are so bad that they just, they're constantly fighting with themselves, constantly fighting with God to maintain their illusions. And the the instant you come at their idols, the instant that you come at it, they've got to deal with it one way or another. That kind of response shows people know People know that this is just wicked and wrong. And they have bad consciences even about swallowing it. And so they're looking for a whipping boy. But you're really just standing in the place of God and in the place of their conscience that's accusing them already. And so it, there's a difference between being sensational and there's and putting your finger on the place where it really touches people's lives. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We can talk hypothetically about sexuality and feminism all day, and people are happy to just write you off as idiot wingnuts. But when you hit it where it matters, where the rubber meets the road for them, where they're not willing to, to give up their idols, that's when you've maybe done something.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. It's a reason why Paul didn't just talk about uh, the abstract differences between Artemis and the true God, Yahweh. He didn't just talk about, well, she has this quality, but God's not like that. No, it's, he riled them up by saying that their gods were false. What strikes me, and I feel awfully self-aggrandizing, comparing myself to the, you know,
0: the Apostle Paul here, but it strikes me insofar as there is a point of comparison. In both cases, it's almost like you kicked out, you kicked a crutch out from underneath them. The thing that they relied on for comfort, the thing that they looked to just to feel better about themselves, to feel good as they went about their day, you're threatening that. Yep. And suddenly they turn on you, and it's nasty.
1: Yep. The Roman Empire had no problem with christians until christians threatened the peace of rome which was dependent on the plurality of gods everybody's allowed to do to believe to worship whatever they, they want just have to pay tribute to the to caesar and to the roman gods when the christians said no not going to do that because your gods are false that was atheistic that was that was anarchy that was a blow at the foundation at the pillar of roman society it's very simple discreet blow but it couldn't have been couldn't have been calculated to be more destructive Mm -hmm. to the fabric of this of society and they knew it and so they fought we have a society that's built on ease and entertainment uh the arts people get by and get through their lives from spotify to netflix Mm -hmm. (laughs) and
0: as we talked about in the last couple episodes
1: those are the crutches and when you begin to expose those places for being what they are, and especially the mythologies that they buy into, mm-hmm. you know, for being mm-hmm. like Star Wars. <laughs> I don't say we were, we were wrong to be surprised at the reaction, but it sure does make an awful lot of sense. Right.
0: Here's my question for you, Jake. You ready for my question? Yep. So we keep saying the word idol, idol. This, idol. This. We attacked their I- idols. Nathan attacked their idols. You know that made him afraid. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to to suffering, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, given what we've said, so you've got people out there whose consciences are pricked and who turn on you with hate if you even suggest the idea that there might be a little bit of a problem with Star Wars, right? Given that it is that much of an idol in people's lives, it seems like we have two, two choices. We can just boycott Star Wars altogether. We can have nothing to do with it. Or.
1: Might as well b- boycott Disney altogether. B- while boycott, we're at yeah, it. I
0: might as well just boycott Disney. Or the movies. Yeah, get on our Millennium Falcon and find another planet. Or just make our peace with it. Just
1: show up with our Gospel Coalition friends to the movies and eat our popcorn. Eat and, our popcorn,
0: as someone famously told me in another wonderful exchange. Um, <laughs> you can call for repentance or you can make your peace with it one way or another. But this kind of work of cultural engagement, the work that I was trying in my faltering way to do, is there any value to that work? Now, it's my contention that we're very quickly moving to the point where Star Wars is going to have lesbian kisses and things that are just outright, outright, no question about it, wicked and then I think we'll all have a very, 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 very clear choice. I, I prophesy it'll be within the next couple of movies. I may be wrong about that. But while we're still in this nebulous area, is it okay to engage with... Do you understand what I'm asking? Is there is there actually any value in what I did and what, in what people want to do as they engage with these things? Or is it something to, you know, an idol to just be smashed?
1: Here's what I think. People need to watch and care about movies a little bit less. Christians need to watch and care about their movies a little bit less and that there should be places that Christians point to and say, yeah, I just, I didn't watch that for a reason. And I think that Christians ought to be able to uh, see a movie and enjoy it and still have discernment, but not make a fuss about it. And then I think that there are those movies in those places because we live in an entertainment culture and our gods are ease and entertainment where it is good and right for us to take on the idols. At those places is good and right for us to not just know that there are idols out there, but to realize this is a place where it matters for people, where they take it seriously. When you've got a culture that spends billions of dollars to make a a movie and then then billions more to go see it, something's going on there. Those idols need to be dealt with. People want to pretend like entertainment doesn't matter and like it doesn't affect you. Like it doesn't impact the way that you feel about things, the way that you see the world. And it's just not true. Our entertainment does more to shape our philosophies, our ways of thinking than the than the philosophers ever do. It's the ways that they can get you to swallow and learn to love their philosophies. Those are, those are the potent things. It's
2: the concrete ways that they actually appear in your home and on your airwaves. It's not just ideas floating around. I mean, that's what Artemis was to the Ephesians is she's an actual little silver idol that you could see and touch and love right there in your own home. And he had stories about her.
1: Yeah. And you told the stories and you told the stories to your kids. That's right. Guess what stories are being designed for your kids? Guess what stories are being told to your kids? Guess what stories, even if you never expose your kids to Star Wars... My kids knew more about Star Wars and the, like, weird cartoon universe of Star Wars than I knew existed just from their friends at school.
0: Yeah. I don't ever remember a time in my life where I didn't know that Darth Vader was Luke's father long before. I do remember a time in my life before I'd seen the movies, but I don't ever remember a time where I didn't know the mythology. And so, you know,
1: you don't have to agree with what I've done, but what I've done is I have said, okay, listen, my kids are growing up in a culture they go to a private Christian school, right? But the neighbor kids, for goodness sake, uh, bringing over lightsabers and stuff. They live in a culture where Artemis, Diana, is the goddess of the culture. Everybody tells the stories of Artemis and everybody has little Artemis idols in their house. And it's not exactly one-to-one, but they know these stories now and they've not seen a thing here's an idea. I'm going to watch it with them. And we're going to talk about it. Maybe I'm just setting them up to be bigger Diana worshipers. But I, I don't think so. I Maybe think... the
0: way that Christian Liberty dies is with thunderous applause.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means uh, <laughs> Me <neither>. here. It's a live Great, great, great <laughs> job working in the Star Wars line. Um, but I guess my point is, you know, what I want my kids to do is to be able to interact with and engage with Star Wars. Right with the Miz that everybody buys into and to engage with them in a discerning way. And so, you know, we, we've watched a lot of Star Wars stuff and talked about a lot of Star Wars stuff. And we've,
0: we've talked about Ray. I am very thankful for the ways that my parents, that my dad would watch things with me when I was a kid. And my dad was, I think he was pretty strict. Other other kids have told me I was, I lived at the house where you could watch anything and they were jealous, but I'd never thought about it that way. I always thought about the things I couldn't watch. Them. But I really appreciate and I think I've benefited and have been able to carry into my life some of the discernment that was taught to me by simply just it's not that my dad ever said anything all that profound but just just watching a star wars movie and then talking about okay what what might this mean that was all and i think that there may have been some benefits that came from that that i would have missed out on if we'd just been a a no star wars family and i'm not saying that people can't be no star wars families and that that can't be the right choice for someone but there was a way it was a way to practice discernment in a safe environment that was kind of nice
1: All I really want to say is a whole lot of avoiding all of the big places in pop culture is really about just avoiding every opportunity you have to address the idols of your city, of your workplace, of your culture. If you don't know about it, you can't talk about it. If you can't talk about it, you can't address it morally or biblically. A lot of it is just self-righteous hiding.
0: Right. There's going to be stupid people that are going to use what you said as a license to sin and to just give themselves to Artemis.
1: That's the other side of it. That's the
0: other side of it. But there's also, how many people have we seen in our lives who are completely shielded from even knowing who Artemis is? They go, they're homeschooled, they're taught all these things, and then they turn 20, they get out there, they realize there's this God called Artemis, and hey— She's kind of cool. She's kind of cool. She's got these stories. They're kind of neat. They're kind of interesting. And they have no equipment for any kind of discerning response. Yeah, so...
1: That's the other side is you've got to, you have to engage, you have to engage for yourself, you have to engage for your neighbor, and you have to teach your kids how to engage with this sort of thing. And that doesn't mean you need to take them and teach them to become, take them to the temple and teach them to worship Artemis. Mm -hmm. But it does mean that maybe you need to, they need to know why it's compelling to people and why it's
2: wrong. Yeah, Christianity is never just about proclaiming the truth. It's also about proclaiming the truth in distinction to the lie.
1: Yeah. Or in distinction no,
2: to the distortion of where the, the righteous
1: true. kings were set apart because what what distinguished the righteous kings of old was that they toppled the idols. The places where they're criticized is they may have done some things to promote the worship of the mm-hmm. one true God, but they didn't destroy all of the idols. They
2: left the high places alone. They left the high places alone. He did the high places were not removed. That that's a constant refrain mm-hmm. in the book of Kings.
1: And so look, here we have a central defining mythology for a lot of people in our culture and a lot of money coming in and out of it. Billions and billions and billions of dollars. Not just in movie ticket sales, but uh, merchandise sales and spinoffs and all kinds of stuff. And it's the fountain that everybody's drinking from. Maybe it's good to place a bomb there. Maybe it's good to, to address those places head on.
2: <clears throat> I mean, it's good for the church community. Think of all the people who, the Christians who read your article but didn't comment, Nathan, and and then s- said four stars, five stars, because they knew that actually helped me. I wasn't thinking about those things. So I was just drinking in the feminist tap water, and I, I like Ray, and I like women warriors, and I kind of wanted my daughter to be like Ray, but now I think wait a minute, what's going on? Or I think, oh, this did make me uneasy. Now I know why, or I can investigate why. I mean, the church needed it too. It wasn't just a bomb into the world. It was something that Christians weren't thinking about clearly. Yeah, and I should tell one more story
0: uh, to to that point, which is that I think about a month in after just getting pummeled and and being pretty depressed by the lack of anybody publicly supporting it, you know, when it had gone big enough and enough people had responded one way or another that somebody really should have, stood up with me and, and nobody did. About a month into that, when I was like really feeling sorry for myself, I got a private Facebook message that was just like a, a a cup of water in the middle of the desert. It was just the nicest thing. It made me cry. And it was from this woman who I'd known very briefly and um, our paths had crossed briefly. She's a young mother married and um, she just uh, wrote to thank me for the article. She just said, you know, it's really helped me to think through how these stories impact my idea of myself as a woman. And it's helped me to think, you know, what kind of woman I'd like to be. I think I'd really like to be the sort of woman that's uh, worth valuing, worth protecting, that's modeling herself after the bride, the church. It was so nice. It was so nice to hear that. Um, So if you're listening, Mandy, thank you very much for that. But I do want to say one other thing about it, which is if you're the kind of person who thinks—and I've said this so many times before, and I'll say it again—if you're the kind of person that thinks you can take convicting Christian truth, package it in Star Wars enough that you can get it past people's defenses, doesn't work. Doesn't work. Their consciences will be pricked if you're telling them the truth. and It doesn't matter how much you dress it up with pop culture references, how artsy, how funny, how whatever you are. People will hate you, or they'll repent you might as well just trust God and Mm -hmm. tell people the truth without spending. I mean, this is why if you've ever heard me or Jake talk about not redeeming the culture through the arts, this was the big lesson for me because I'd spent my life wanting to, I'm very blessed to work for Warhorn. I get to do creative work. I always wanted to do creative work. And part of the reason I wanted to do creative work is so I could redeem the culture through the, you know, so I could, well, I don't want to do it for that reason anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not exactly. Not in that sense. (laughs) You know, no artistic work, no amount of finding the right narrative or tying it to Star Wars or myth or the myths of our culture. No amount of combining, of dressing Jesus up so that he looks like Artemis is going to ever make Jesus palatable. Jesus will always be in the church and uh, will always be the stench of death to those who are perishing. And you cannot change that. Mm-hmm. You just can't change that. But it'll be the real fragrance, quotum, <laughs> the
1: fragrance mm-hmm. of life.
0: Aroma. <sighs> So anything else to say
1: on the topic? Just so long as people come away with realizing that the way to deal with arts and entertainment in an arts and entertainment culture is not by burying their head in the sand, but by actually engaging. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean they have to swallow a bunch of garbage. It just means that they have to be able to talk to people about the garbage and recognize what the garbage is and why it's garbage, and teach your kids the difference between garbage and what's good. Mm-hmm. That's that's all I care about.
0: That's the point. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, that was a fun uh, trip down
2: memory lane, lighthearted, <laughs> space opera kind of theological romp.
0: <laughs> yep. 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 Guys, let's play the Star Wars alphabet game. Whoa. All right. All right. So we're gonna s- close the laptops, guys. Close the laptops. All right. You got. We got to get from A. To Z, and I think Jake, since he watches those Star Wars cartoons <laughs> with his kids, he's gonna have a leg up on us. Probably he should close his laptop, and we should keep ours open. You gotta, you gotta. We're gonna go in the sequence. We're gonna get it. We're gonna go in the order of the letters. There's 26 of them, as I understand it. They start with A, they continue with B, and so on. People know the drill. They've been through kindergarten, first grade. Whenever you learn that, we're gonna go through those letters. For each of those letters, we're gonna go in a circle. Ben, uh, Jake, Nathan, and we're gonna uh, assign a Star Wars related thing to the le- people. Will get the idea. I'm gonna stop explaining. it. It, and we're gonna do it so jake a <laughs> uh socatano
1: octo isn't that the name of luke's planet octo luke's planet is tatooine
0: no oh luke's planet in the last luke's, Jedi. yeah last jedi planet i don't remember there you go octo um uh, b for boba fett the great lame character that has a cool suit but doesn't do anything interesting at all
2: what is that true has yeah, some cool stuff in return of the Jedi for yeah bit. like the
0: part where Luke accidentally or no it's what is it Han or Chewy? somebody accidentally hits him on the back and that misfires his jetpack and he just goes flying into the Sarlacc's mouth uh, I don't uh, care about I know but they've written novels about all the cool stuff uh, Boba Fett I like did, the
2: idea of Boba Fett well. there was a dream that was Boba Fett Nathan <laughs> <laughs> but now it is only a
0: whisper
2: <laughs> okay your sad devotion to that
0: ancient character (laughs) has not helped you conjure a letter for the alphabet game, nor has it given you (laughs) chewbacca See for chewbacca okay dantooine dantooine that's much better than droid which is what i would have done oh is there a really obvious one yep ben's doing like a he's doing (laughs) a
1: weird puppet dance of some sort a weird puppet dance of some sort it's almost like he were a furry teddy bear oh the ewoks (laughs) of course
2: (laughs) Oh boy. Oh f uh f Maybe, like, fighter as in die fighter. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. boo, just try again. Okay. Nor are you allowed to do fat comma <laughs> boba. <laughs> I wish I were. Fet comma Jada? Is that the other fed Jada. If you can pull his name, I might be able <laughs> to let even, you have it. I'm not sure. It's not Jada. Uh, that's not right. Sorry, gonna let that slide.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, that's kind of clever. We'll let it slide. Why not? All right. You could have done Finn, maybe. Oh, you could have done G's pretty hard. Galen Erso. Oh, there you go. Wow.
0: Wow, Jake. Man. <laughs> Nerd. Uh,
1: Rogue One. H is for... Holdo Hux. Oh, Holdo Hux. Hux. <laughs> Hold <on. laughs>
2: <laughs> Imperial Star Destroyer. <laughs> Jedi. Jabba the Hutt. Kylo Ren. Oh. Lando Calrissian. Maz Kanata. The Planet of Naboo. Obi-Wan. Could have used Jedi. Podracer. Qui Gonjin. Ray. <laughs> Skywalkers. <laughs> TIE Fighters.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no.
1: I gotta come up with a better V one that doesn't out me.
2: <laughs> you already took Urso.
1: Urso's E, I think.
2: Is it? Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Ha! You didn't take what my U away. You, you.
0: You. Oh, there's got to be a you.
2: Yeah, there has to be a you.
1: I've got an ins- obscured Jedi whose last name starts with you.
2: <laughs> really? Be mindful of your thoughts, Ben. I'm going to start looking on the web in a second here. Breathe. Just
1: breathe. Oh, does he think he's giving clues? I
0: don't know. No, I'm just, I'm helping Ben focus <laughs> his senses. Let the force flow through you, Ben.
2: Oh, all right. This is not going to
0: end the way you think. That's always
1: helpful to me when... <laughs> People keep talking to me while I try to think of
0: things. Your focus determines your reality. <laughs> I can think of a famous line of dialogue from Star Wars that starts with you.
2: Mm, yeah? Yep. Oh, wait. The U Wing. <laughs> it's the kind of Starfighter. You look that up. Uh, baby. <laughs> I definitely looked that one up. You want to hear my line of dialogue? Yes. Let's hear it. <laughs> was that a Jawa or something yeah. yelling that? All I've got for V is
0: Chancellor Valorum, <laughs> who was the predecessor of. Right. Uh, they uh, they put a vote of no confidence in for Chancellor Valorum, didn't they? I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. What about Vader? <laughs> <laughs> Jake sucks. <laughs> Darth Vader's <it's>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Valorum's his only name.
0: <laughs> oh. W Walkers X Wing. <laughs> 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 Yavin. A little bit of an insult to our Yoda. little green friend. Um, <laughs> shoot, does that mean Z for me? Yes. Is there a Z-wing? No, but there are... There's What's the Z? Do you have a Z in mind, Jake? Uh, I do. It's a hut. Oh, Zorba the Hut. There's a Zorba the Hut, isn't there? There's a zero, at least.
2: There's a Zorba the Greek. <laughs> That's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, basically.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Jake, is there anything we need to advertise before... This episode ends.
1: We're getting really close up on our pastors' conference, uh, February 21st through 23rd. It is open basically to anybody who wants to come and uh, learn more about how to serve their church and grow in godliness. This subject is the good fight conflict in Christian ministry. Our speakers are Tim Bailey, uh, Toby Sumter, pastor and uh, one of the hosts of Cross Politic, mm-hmm. and then Max Carell, our very own Max Carell, one of the one of the pastors here at clear note church Mm -hmm. and there's going to be a concert by my soul among lions in the middle of it now jake what if someone says
0: from my point of view conflict is evil
1: then probably tim or toby or max one of them will rise up and say
0: well then you are lost (laughs) what would you say to someone who says they're going to try to come to the conference do or do not. There is no try. That's right. Now, Ben, I'm a little bit afraid that the, the sound system might go out during the
2: conference. What do you have to say to that? I'm afraid that the sound system will be quite operational when your friends arrive <laughs> for the conference.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can't end with that. <laughs> ben,
1: have you registered for the conference yet? No. I find your lack of registration disturbing. (laughs) Nathan, what would you say to anybody who thinks that conflict is unbiblical?
0: I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. (laughs) (laughs) Ben,
1: I just don't think I'm that excited for the conference.
3: You. Will be <laughs> You will be <laughs> yeah,
1: He has the best Impersonations <laughs> You've Great impersonations
0: And folks that brings a close to uh, that particular Part of our uh, episode Boring conversation anyway <laughs> Ben what would you say to Someone who angrily declines To sign up for this conference
3: How
2: rude
0: All right, guys. Well, you know what to do. We'll we'll provide a link in the show notes. So you go to the show notes. You click on the link. Use the credit card to make a payment. Come to the conference. Yeah, anything else to say about that, Ben? Not really. (laughs) Anything else to say about that, Jake? Nope. Well, uh, Sound of Sanity today was engineered by Benjamin Salter. It was produced by Nathan Alverson. It was executive produced by Jacob Munzel and Nathan Alverson. Until next time, everybody. Stay sane. And may the force be with you.